Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for December 21st. How is everybody doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok. How is everybody doing today? Can we believe it is four days, four flipping days, and Christmas is going to be here? NBA season is starting tomorrow. Bowl games are starting today. We have two plays for the bowl games. It's been sent out to my guys. ROI for the college football season, plus 34.219. You cannot complain with those numbers at all because at the end of the day, you just want to have positive ROI. Little rough week 15 for the college, for the NFL slate, excuse me. Public betters, you know, I'm not a public better, but, you know, public plays dominated this week. And some days there's just going to be weeks like that. And it is what it is. So all you can do when you're a better is learn, move on, and just try to better yourself and educate yourself. So let's dive right into the plays. So Saturday there was two games. The first game, Bills 48, Broncos 19. I mean, this was just a beatdown. Broncos were never in the game. And you really have to question if Locke's going to be the guy moving forward. As I've said numerous times, I've always been a pro Drew Locke guy, but after watching that game, him costing his team a game because he didn't wear a goddamn mask, he needs to go. Also, it's 2020, and the Broncos call the game like it's the early 2000s. Way too much running on first down. I understand, you know, it was late in the game. You just want to get out of dodge. But you you still have to pass the ball. You still have to see what Locke has. And the fact that during that game, Locke only completed four passes, excuse me, five passes to wide receivers is unacceptable. Patrick's a good playmaker. Hamler's a good playmaker. You have Jerry Judy as the best rookie wide receiver in the draft. And five between them. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Shermer needs to do a better job. Personally, I think Shermer and Vangio should be gone. And I think you need a new quarterback there. In terms of options, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Stafford, or you draft one. I really think they should go with one of the veteran guys with the guys they have. I think Wentz would thrive there with the right coach. That's the key, with the right coach. Rents needs the right coach and not going to have to be looking over his shoulder. In terms of the Bills, I mean, it's kind of like everything has gone their way this year. Everything has. Allen is throwing the ball a lot more. You know, they really don't run the ball. They don't get to the quarterback enough. But, you know, this team is playing well. And a lot of people have them as the team they think is going to win the Super Bowl. I just have my fingers crossed that the Ravens get to that seventh seed and the Ravens play the Bills first round. If the Ravens play the Bills first round, I oh, that's upset city right there. I cannot wait for that. Next game, Panthers 16, Packers 24. This is a push for me and my guys. This Packers offense, first half looks great, very efficient. Second half, they just kind of cruise to victory, and this is kind of how they are. 
I really question if they're going to be able to stop the run in the playoffs. I have a lot of questions of this team. I think this team is a straight bluff, if you ask me. In terms of the Panthers, honestly, right now, if you're a Panthers fan, do you question giving McCaffrey all that money? Because the offense looks fine without him. I'll be honest. I really don't think McCaffrey's that missing piece that's going to take you over the edge. I think a quarterback is. I think your quarterback play is awful, and that's why I said that Teddy Bridgewater should not have been signed and that you should have gone in a different direction. So the Panthers definitely need to address the quarterback situation in the offseason. Have it be drafts a kid, take a chance on him. They definitely need to address the offensive line. Packers, I mean, I'll give them credit. They're doing way better than I thought they would. I thought they're... The tension between Rodgers and LaFleur was going to buttle over. But it is, it's like this in the workplace. If you don't get along with a coworker and stuff's going good at work, you guys get along. And that's what's going on with Green Bay. Rodgers and LaFleur, they honestly do not like each other, but they're winning, so they're getting along. Next game, Lions 25, Titans 46. I mean, the Lions, they held Derrick Henry to 147 yards rushing. They held Derrick Henry to 147 yards rushing, and that's a victory. That's how bad the Lions' defense is. Everyone, all these quote-unquote Lions fans, experts and whatnot, are saying that, thanks, Stafford, you need to move on, you know, we need to trade you. Here's the thing. It's a $25 million cap hit. In a salary cap league, you can't afford to have that big of a cap hit. That's number one. Number two, Stafford's not the issue. Stafford's been playing fine. You can see in a bevel offense where he's allowed to actually throw the ball and do stuff, he's doing good. The issue, and it's been the issue ever since defensive genius Matt Patricia has gotten there, has been the defense. Defense can't stop shit. And Brad Bob Quinn did an awful job of evaluating talent and putting talent on the field. The amount of talent that is lacking on the defensive side of the ball is embarrassing. It is fucking embarrassing for the Lions. And that's why they should spend every goddamn pick, every goddamn motherfucking pick on the defensive side of the ball. Line's fine. They have Jones and Galladay if they re-sign them. Swift, Carrion, Hawk, Stafford. Offense is fucking fine, guys. They need to use every single fucking draft pick on the defensive side of the motherfucking ball. In terms of the Titans, I mean, you know, this team, this is one of the teams that's going to hurt. I, I took the under nine wins. And you look at how many games this team has won they should have lost. It's just amazing to me. This team, I hate to say it to you guys, is another team that's a bluff that I'm going to be looking to continue to fade into the playoffs. I think this team is a bluff. I hope they get, I if they win the division and they're, their favorite oh my god i would love that i would love to do that i would love to fade them getting a dog and a nice price in the playoffs but i i think they're going to sneak into the wild card i think the colts are somehow going to win that division they have questioned their offensive line the titans back four can't stop shit can't get to the pass rusher i really question that team colts 27 texans 20 Here's my thing. I thought the Colts were going to be that team. Offensive line, defense, Phillip Rivers, who's going to have a good offensive line and hopefully not turn the ball over. But every week, every week, they just can't put the team away. 
and they let the Texans hang into the game, Cootie had an awful fumble that led to the victory. And if this defense really wants to lead them to the promised land, which I think they're capable of, they need to be able to close the door and step on the throat of the opposing team in a game-time situation. And this Texans team, let's not get it twisted, no fuller. Brandon Cooks, not 100%. This receiving core is embarrassing, and they're moving the ball against the Colts. And this defense, which I think is capable when they play up to their abilities. But if you're going to keep playing down to the other team's abilities, you're going to have an uphill climb. Offensively, it's finally like Frank Wright has realized, oh, hey, look at this. I have fucking Jonathan Taylor. Maybe I should give Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Oh, wow. It's blows my mind that it took Wright this long to figure it out. And then when the Texans are as bad as they are defending the slot, I will give Wright credit. He went to Pascal, 5 for 79, 2 TDs. Bravo, right? Bravo. You finally are starting to realize what teams have deficiencies in defending what position. Next game, Bucks 31, Falcons 27. This is another game. I, I had the under 9.5 wins of this Bucks team, and I was on the right side. There is no way you can tell me I wasn't on the right side. This is another team game that they had no business winning, but yet somehow they won. And remember, I always talk about the culture of losing and how losing becomes contagious. That's what's happened with the Falcons team. This Falcons team's another lead, play not to lose, and you lose the fucking game. Like I've said numerous times, blow it up. Trade Ryan. Fuck, send Ryan to Denver. Send Matt Ryan to fucking Denver. Trade Julio to wherever, a team that needs a wide receiver. I doubt New England will trade for him, but send him wherever. Send him to a team, Dolphins, whatever, a team that needs a number one wide receiver. And start the fuck over. Defense back four is bad. Bucks, I mean, this Bucks team is not that good. Offensive line, they have issues. The defense isn't as good, like I said, with Verrick Ben Hurt. This team isn't as good as everyone thinks they are. And everyone's like, oh, they can make a run to the Super Bowl. Are you watching the games? Do you see how you can pass the ball to them? Do you see how they're not stopping the run? How they're not getting a quarterback as effectively as they once did? And Brady looks old. Father time is undefeated, guys. And Tom Brady is starting to look old. Next game, just another fucking beatdown. Two seconds worth of knowledge here. Gardner Minshew fucking sucks. And the Jaguars left. Lamar in way too fucking long. Ravens obviously won the game 40-14. to But guys, like, why is Lamar Jackson in the game as long as he is when RG Griff, RG3 and Trace McSorley are both hurt? I would have had baby gloves on RG3. And I'm going to tell you guys what. This this Baltimore team is starting to figure it out. Their defense is elite and will keep them in games. And if Lamar can throw the ball to the outside of the field with this running game, they can make noise in the playoffs. But they'd have to get in. I Like I said, I would love this Baltimore team to play Buffalo in the first round. If they could play Buffalo in the first round, this would be a motherfucking wet dream for me. I would hammer, hammer the living fucking shit out of that Ravens line. Oh, my God. Just hammer the fuck out of it. Jaguars, 
I mean, your biggest win yesterday is you're going to get Lawrence, and hopefully all this Minshew Mania stuff will stop. Patriots, 12. Dolphins, 22. The one thing that stuck out to me over this game was this is by far the worst tackling game I remember of the Belichick era. When Tua scored on that little four-yard run he had, the DB came in. What the fuck was that? Tua's small as fuck, and you're jumping to, to bat the ball? No, 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 no. Keep your feet on the ground. Try to get try, try to make a play. And then when he ran it in on the same play and missed tackle, yeah, this Patriots team, that defense, they made a lot of bad, just bad tackling mistakes. Mistakes you're not used to a Belichick-led team making. Then Dolphins, guys. Oh, Eric, Tua, you going to admit you're wrong? 20 for 26, 145 motherfucking yards. And he's the win they he's he's the reason you guys are telling me they won the game. <sighs> That's all I have to say. If you think Tua is the best option in quarterback in Miami, you guys are fucking crazy. You're fucking crazy. I don't know what else to say. You are fucking crazy. Next game, the truth. Thirty three. Vikings twenty seven. Everyone who follows me knows the truth is Mitchell Trubitsky. I mean, here's the thing. Ever since Bill Lazor started calling plays, Trubitsky has looked better. Because why? Lazor is putting Trubitsky in a situation to be successful. And as a coach, that is your job. Nagy didn't do that. Nagy's a fucking moron. Nagy is one of those guys that is most the overrated coach in the fucking game. And he needs to go. And to show you guys how bad of an organization the Bears are, the fact that Trubisky's out there when he's not under contract for next year... And performing well, he's earning more money. The Bears are probably going to end up keeping Trubisky and are going to pay him more money than they actually should just because of how well he's playing. The fact they didn't sign him to the fifth-year option was fucking hilarious and is just mind-boggling to me. In terms of the Vikings, I don't understand how it can be fourth and one and you have Dalvin Cook on the fucking sidelines. If anyone could let me know how the fuck is it fourth and one and Delvin Cook, your best fucking playmaker, is on the sidelines. Anybody. Anybody. If you run it, like, just blows my mind. And he doesn't even get the ball. He does. I want, on fourth and one, my best motherfucking player to have the fucking ball in his hands. I want that dude making the motherfucking play. That's what I want. I don't care, you know. I'm going to trust my running back that's running at the an elite level right now. Seeing every single running gap better than any running back I can remember. And you don't give him the motherfucking ball? That's just fucking awful on the Vikings part. Next game, Seattle 20, Washington 15. Oh, my God. Haskins. Haskins, 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 Haskins. It's like you see it in him. Then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? He needs to go. I mean, he just he just needs to go. This Washington team, Chase Young's the real deal. OG on the line. Great player. Going to be a nightmare for quarterbacks for a long time. Then defensively, back four, they're decent. Linebackers are okay. The rest of the D-line's good. Offensive line, better than I thought. Wide receivers, you got a couple playmakers. You got a young, young group playmakers. Decent tight end in Thomas. Great running group. 
But in your quarterback, you have nothing. This is another team that needs that quarterback to take that team over the bubble. I really don't think they should spend a draft pick on it just because I'm telling you guys right now, Justin Fields, yeah. Everybody else in the draft, yeah. Lawrence hasn't really progressed in the last couple of years at Clemson. So it's going to be really interesting what Washington does. You know, that's another guy, Wentz. I don't see Wentz going there. Maybe Matt Ryan, maybe make a play for Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo. Got to be something. Got Like, has to be fucking something. Has to be something. But this is another team that's just, you know, wasting away just because they don't have a quarterback. Seattle is Seattle. You know, they got some bad turnovers. Offense just really just isn't clicking at the rate it should be with the talent that it has. DK Metcalf, you know, is DK 5 for 43, Lockett 4 for 34. But besides those two guys, that, they're the really only guys that are doing anything in the in the pass-catching game. Carson, 63 yards. This team had a lot of steam. And I it, it's it's the air is coming out of the bubble. I'll, I'll use that line. The air is coming out of the bubble. And they just don't look as crisp as they did at the beginning of the year. And this is going to be another team come playoff time, right matchup, I'm going to look to fade. If they're laying points, I'm going to be looking to fade them. Cowboys 41, 49, 49ers 33, Niners are officially out. Niners are another team. Need a quarterback. And here's the thing, like, I just don't understand what Shanahan does. I Sometimes these offensive quote-unquote geniuses, they just get in their own way. And with how bad, how bad the Cowboys secondary is, I would have chucked the ball a lot more times. I know Mullins had 36 yards, but 36 attempts, but the game really got off script. 49ers got off to an awful start. Cowboys were able to get up and then just never, you know, look back. Mullins got hurt. Bethel came in. Garoppolo isn't the guy. So the 49ers definitely need to address the, addressed the quarterback position. Defensively, as soon as Bosa gets back, this team's going to be top tier. But it just shows you guys what difference a pass rusher makes. When you put Bosa on this defense, it's elite. You take Bosa away, it struggles. It struggles mightily. And Andy Dalton, Andy fucking Dalton put up 41 points. Let that sink in for a little bit. Andy Dalton put up 41 points. And that defensive coordinator is like, had the Lions fans want to be their coach. Oh, God. Lions fans, Lions fans, Lions fans. Shocker of the day yesterday, Jets. Oh, no, before I get to the Jets, sorry. Guys, Ezekiel Elliott's proving why my thesis of not paying for running backs was correct. You get the young, hungry running back that's going to run through the hole. You don't get the $20 million man that's going to, eh, the hole's not there. I'm just going to go down. No, 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 no. You want the hungry guy fighting for the money, and that's what Pollard is. Zeke got his money. He's not going to do the extra work and try to get hurt. Fuck that shit, dude. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. And this Cowboys team, Cooper has money. Elliott has money. Dak got to get paid. Offensive line took a step back. This window is officially closed for the Cowboys. Next game, as I was saying, the shocker of the day. Jets 23, Rams 20. Yeah, 
I mean, it's going to be crazy in four years where the Jaguars, if the Jaguars still have the one pick, keep the one pick, we're going to be thinking, hey, this could have been the Jets if they didn't win this game on December 20th in Los Angeles. That win possibly changed the direction of two franchises. Number one, the Jets. You lose your transcendent talent. Anyone that knows anything about football knows that Darnold is not the guy. Darnold fucking sucks. He's not the guy that's going to transcend talent and make people better around you. And then you have the Jaguars who are going to get the guy that makes people better around him in Trevor Lawrence. So it's going to be very interesting how this all plays out. And Justin Fields isn't the guy. Every other quarterback is weak. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what the Jets are going to do. The Jets went to being in the position, everyone jealous, to being fucked and being in the worst possible spot in the draft, the two spot in my position. In my, in my thought, if you're in the two spot in the draft, that is the worst position to be in. Because you don't know what to do. Do you take a risk on fields? Do you get the lineman from Oregon? I mean, I Jets are really Jet, Jets really fucked themselves by winning that game yesterday. Rams also they just it's like the Rams just didn't take them. The Rams just thought they were going to roll over, and by the time they started playing, the game was over. But here's the other thing: explain, riddle me this: how Cooper Cup was playing against the worst slot corner in the game of football and only had five targets. Cooper Cup was playing against the worst slot corner in all of football and only had five targets. Explain to me that, how Sean McVay is an offensive genius and Cooper Cup, in this matchup, only has five fucking targets. I'll wait. Hit me up in my DMs. Somebody please explain it to me. Because I'm dying to fucking know. And it makes zero motherfucking sense to me. So, you know, that loss, you know, really hurt the Rams. The Rams right now, if the playoffs were to start today, would be all the way down to the fifth seed and have to travel to Washington. So, yeah, I just, it's one of those things, guys. Like, it, it's tough. Like, it, that was a bad loss and a loss that's going to change the trajectory of the Rams for the playoffs. Rams looked like a Super Bowl contender last week. This week, they looked like a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs. Next game, Eagles 26, Cards 33. This one hurt. We had the Eagles plus the points and the money line. Now, here's my thing. Galler drops two touchdown passes, missed extra points of a bobbled snap. Totally on the right side. Totally on the right side. And, hey, if you hit the Cardinals, Congratulations. You know, you definitely were on the right side of that one. Wink, wink. But this Eagles team, everyone's talking about, oh, Hurts is way better. Uh, offensive line still isn't doing that job protecting. Hurts is way mobile, so they're more, they're ro- doing a rolling pocket more, getting him outside the pocket, making throws on the run. He still misses way too many throws. Also, they're doing more RPOs, and they're actually giving Miles Sanders touches. Amazing. Amazing what it does when you give Miles Sanders, who by far is their most explosive player, more touches. But he only had 17. He only had 17 carries and one reception. He had 18 touches. 
Miles Sanders needs, and I've said it numerous times, over 20 touches. This is another guy in Doug Peterson who's a quote-unquote offensive genius that doesn't do enough to put his team in a position to be fucking successful. He's stuck in his ways. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. No, 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 no. Miles Sanders is my best player. Miles Sanders is going to get the fucking ball. It's not fucking long division. Cardinals, I mean, defense, I really don't trust the defense. Murray looked better. You know, he was definitely running a little bit more, so obviously the shoulder's better. Do I really think this team can win at all? No. I don't. Clinsbury's in-game management, especially with time, is awful. Mike Nugent is an awful field goal kicker. I know he's there just because Gonzalez is on the COVID list or whatever, but I just I just don't trust this team. I mean, Murray has looked better yesterday, but I at the end of the day, I just don't trust this team. Chiefs, 32, Saints, 29. Thank God we got the Saints plus the four. That's why it's always good to get those bets in early if you expect money coming in. Breeze struggled early, but then he picked it up. Mahomes, Jesus Christ, threw some great passes, some great dimes. But here's the thing. A lot of these passes, when you watch them, you're just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? But since the Chiefs' playmakers are so fucking fast, it just doesn't even matter. Um, Kamara, you know, he did get more touches, but he just didn't put up enough points and he had enough, enough touches in my eyes. Saints defense looked good at times. Like I said, these wide receivers that the Chiefs have are just way too fast. Chiefs did have some injuries to Kamara and Bell, which is going to hurt them because they will. there will be a time in the playoffs when they need to run the football to close out a game, and will they be able to do it? Last game, Browns 20, Giants 6. Here's the thing. Again, Giants plus the 6.5 in the money line. Joe Judge took the Giants out of this game because he's a fucking moron. He did, plain and simple. Why the fuck are you chasing fucking points in the first half? There's no, there's no reason to be chasing points in the first half. When you're an underdog, what you need to do is put pressure on the other team, especially scoreboard pressure. You drive down. You run a fake. You, you have your puncher throw the fucking ball. Boom. Drive down again. You go for it. Boom. Now you're down. You know, so... They drove down inside the 10-yard line, got zero points. What does that do for a team that deflates them? What does that do for the Browns? It lifts them up. Browns are able to get a late score to go up 14-3 in halftime. Game's fucking over. 14-3, game's fucking over. Now if it was, no, sorry, 13-3 game because the guy missed the extra point. But if it was 13-9, oh, hey, you got a chance. 29 in the second half, oh, hey, you got a chance. But because Joe Judge chased points in the first half, which you never do. You always take the points because you want to put pressure on the other team. Everyone can analytics this, analytics that, analytics this. But the, and, and trust me, I get analytics. I get math. No one uses more math equations than I do when it comes to figuring out game props, f- fantasy football stuff. No one does. No one does. So I understand all that stuff. I get that stuff. But football is a game played with human emotion. And when you take a player and add the stress of the situation, that's totally different than a black and white mathematical equation. Totally different. And how can you get that? 
in that get a stress situation by hanging around to the fourth quarter. You're telling me Baker Mayfield's going to play as carefree as he does with a 20 to 3 lead as opposed to 20 to 9? Come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Everyone I'm seeing is the New York media. Oh, we found out what Joe Judge is, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You lost that game, and Judge gave you guys zero chance of winning by being a dumbass and chasing points. All that game showed me is Judge is a fucking moron, and he's not the guy that's going to take the Jets to the next level. He's not. That's what that game showed me. And I just, the Jets defensively are playing great. And when that defense is playing that good, you want to hang around. And you want to get anything you can. And like him just leaving points off the scoreboard was just mind-boggling to me. And really, really, really cost his team. And showed me, like I said, how much this guy doesn't understand what's going on. Browns, I mean, you know, this run game is so elite. I'm going to, this is going to be another team. Anytime this team is laying points, I'm going to be fading them. Anytime this team is is getting points, I'm going to be on them. That's just the way it is right now with the Browns. That's just the way it is. So that's it for a Reaction Monday episode. Bowl games are kicking off. First basketball player is tipping off right now. Like I said, I really don't know if there's going to be a podcast next Saturday. I'm going to be back at my parents' place. Going to have to see how all that tinkers up, but I'll make an announcement of that later in the week. Thank you for Sterling from Silver Star Sports for coming on. Saturday we had a nice little in-depth NBA preview. If you guys haven't listened to that, make sure you please do. Also, I'm going to be on the Gino Bacala podcast this week. I think we're going to be talking a little NBA this week. NBA Christmas games, if you will. A couple, uh, couple games this Christmas are a little interesting. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Be safe, be well, wear your mask, and I will talk to you guys next time.